0: Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. I am your host, Alicia Michelle, and I am here to give you practical ways to renew your mind using biblical truth and brain science. So today we are talking about negative thoughts. And if you struggle with negative thoughts, then you know that it's not something that you can just get rid of. It's something that you maybe have tried to stop doing, but for whatever reason, it feels like it's stuck in your mind. It's like, you know, God's truth about a certain topic, but you just feel like it it can't ever get out of your mind. And so today I want to help you understand why that's happening, why that's actually related probably to some subconscious thought patterns that you may be struggling with. So we're going to talk about what some of those subconscious thought patterns could be. We're calling them core soundtracks and if they are toxic or not, and to determine if there's something that we want to keep, or if there's something that we want to rewire and to build up with the truths of God. So I'm going to walk you through a specific process of helping you to identify what some of those might be and taking a first step to be able to find healing from it. And obviously we can't address everything here about this topic because this is something that is way bigger than just one podcast episode, but I wanted to give you the ability to at least know that if you struggle with negative thoughts, first of all, you're not alone. All of us struggle with them. And I want you to understand why you may be stuck and feel like you can't get the freedom that you want. And I want to give you some practical tips to move forward. Now, if you're interested in this topic, I highly encourage you to check out the Christian Mindset Makeover. This is a boot camp that I put together every year for women to learn about their mind, to learn why they get stuck, and to understand more about these soundtracks. And we walk you through a very specific process. To find healing, to find renewal. And we use something called brain priming to literally rewire the subconscious thoughts from the inside out. And then we set up boundaries to protect these new mindsets. So it's a really great, comprehensive program. We've had incredible feedback from the ladies who've gone through it. So if that's interesting to you, you can go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind and you will get a free training from me at that link. And you'll also be one of the first to hear about when we are opening up the doors again to the Christian Mindset Makeover so that you can have that transformation for yourself. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, this transformation through the Christian Mindset Makeover may be available straight away, or it might be something you might have to wait for. So just depending on when the time comes, I encourage you to go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind to be able to learn more about this program and to get on the wait list. So today we're specifically going to talk about how we can identify what these toxic thought patterns might be. And so specifically we'll walk through first how does a thought form in the brain? A little bit of brain science 101 and how the brain specifically formulates these core beliefs which I like to call core soundtracks. You'll hear me call it that in this podcast episode and also in the mindset makeover. We're going to talk about why all soundtracks aren't bad and why it's actually good to have the ability to have soundtracks, and then how to tell if a soundtrack is harmful. And then we'll talk about three key questions that our subconscious mind is asking at all times, but has answered in those early years of childhood. And so we'll, we'll address those and how we can see the patterns and the results of, of those thoughts being answered in our life right now. And then I want to help you take some first steps in order to find healing for some of these core soundtracks. So let's dive into it. All right, first, let's talk about brain science. Brain science 101 in terms of how a thought forms. So the brain is obviously a very complex organ, and we don't have time to talk about all the parts of it today. But I want us to just learn about two very specific parts of the brain. First is this front part here called the prefrontal cortex. And then the inner part, which there's lots of different aspects of the brain, but we're just going to label it all into one area called the subconscious brain. All right. Those two are the parts that are going to be involved in this process of developing these core soundtracks. So first, the prefrontal cortex, again, right here at the top of our head, this is the logic center. This is the executive functioning center. Sometimes it's called. It's where every thought comes through first and is analyzed. This is where we would think through things where we would say, is this right? Is this wrong? Do I want to wear the blue dress or the green dress? Things like that. We are making decisions all the time with our prefrontal cortex. So logic mind, we are aware of the decisions that we're making in our prefrontal cortex. The subconscious mind is like a supercomputer. So the subconscious mind is incredible because it literally allows us to create these streamlined patterns or highways of information that allow the brain to take a thought or a decision or say a muscle function and it knows exactly what to do because there has been a specific brain forming of the neurons in terms of how to act in that situation or how to think or how to move in that specific situation so for example if you wanted to learn how to ride a bike you probably learned how to ride a bike as a child if you never rode a bike for 10 years When you got back on a bike after 10 years, it would be so much easier to pick it up than if you had never ridden a bike before because your brain has that wiring in there to say, hey, here's how to ride a bike. So it's almost like there are these subconscious programs that are running around specific things. Now, how does that programming get in there? Well, when the prefrontal cortex has a thought and is practicing it over and over, thinking about it over and over, giving that thought glucose, sugar, The subconscious mind says, Oh, hey, okay, I know what's happening here. I'm going to try to streamline this process. I'm going to try to make it something that makes it as easy as possible for the brain to do this again. Again, keeping in mind that the brain's number one job is to keep us alive and to keep us safe, to conserve our energy specifically. So if we can cut down on the amount of energy by saying, I'm going to run a program of that information versus having to analyze it and think through every decision. The brain is going to choose that because it wants to streamline and analyze. Again, part of the beautiful structure of how God made our brains. So in that process of streamlining, we streamline that we don't want to have streamlined, right? And that is where sometimes these negative thought patterns can form. So just as a general guide on how a thought forms and why it is so important to understand about how our thoughts form. I'm going to give you something that we call STEBDAR in the neurocoaching world. It is an acronym to describe how a thought goes from being a thought to actually affecting every part of our life. So we have a thought, there's a certain subject, right? That happens as the S. We have a thought about that. That thought finds an emotion around it. When the thought and the emotion are reinforced over and over in the subconscious mind, it creates a belief. These beliefs are these soundtracks. Now, core beliefs, core soundtracks are the things that we're going to address today that we're going to try to get to the root of as to what might be in these negative thoughts. But just so you understand how a thought forms. So thought and happens, thought happens, emotion attaches to it, thought and the emotion combine to create a belief. The belief is what fuels the decision that we make. So we decide, Hey, I'm going to do this based on what we're thinking. The decision creates the action in our life this action happened because I chose to do this. And then the result is for what comes from the action. So you can see if we want to change the result, we have to go all the way back to the thought. So if we're having the result every day of I'm feeling overwhelmed, say, or I'm feeling exhausted, or I'm, I'm feeling fat. I mean, I'm feeling a certain thing that we want to get to the root of. We have to go all the way back to that core thought. And specifically when we're talking about core thoughts, we want to identify what is helpful and what is not helpful. And as Christian women, we make that delineation based on what is in line with God's truth and what is not in line with God's truth, because God's truth and his promises are what we want to build our life around. This is what we want to base our identity and our confidence in. So is the thought pattern that we're having lining up with scriptural truth? That's the ultimate question. We can also ask, is it Serving me anymore to have this pattern in my life. But really, the ultimate question that we need to be asking, if it's serving us or not, is is this pattern lining up with what God says about me? That's the litmus test. And we really need to pay attention to what these soundtracks are because they're not going away. They are, when they are reinforced and when they are in these deep subconscious places, they're they're there to stay unless we do something to rewire them and to find healing and to put the new truth, God's truth, in its place. And that's exactly what we do in programs like one-on-one coaching or in the Christian mindset makeover is we use brain priming to be able to do that. And I'm going to be explaining more about brain priming in a future episode. So you know exactly what brain priming is, but for now, just to know that brain priming is a specific neurological process that we take students through or we take clients through to be able to rewire and to literally put new thought patterns in the subconscious mind. So that when a thought comes in the prefrontal cortex, the subconscious mind agrees with that thought in terms of if it fits in line with God's truth. So me before we go any further, let me explain about why we get stuck sometimes and why we can have a certain thought in our logical mind, the prefrontal cortex, and not believe it in the subconscious mind. So Let's say, for example, a very common thought that people will say is, I know that God loves me, but I just don't feel loved. I've heard it my whole life going to church, but I just don't feel it. So what I would ask is, if that was a client in front of me, is we would get to that. It would not be one question, but we would get down to that that level of figuring out how has your mind, your brain determined what love is, how to get love, how to feel loved, how to receive love how to give love. How has your mind figured out what that is? And that is usually figured out in the first part of our lives, right around maybe ages nine to 13, these, this age range of late childhood, early adult years, or early teen years. And our brain is figuring out the answer to that question. So whatever is in there in that time, that is what the, the pattern that's going to be run. Anytime somebody was to, would say something about love, say, for example, again, if, if you read a Bible verse about love, you can read it on a logical standpoint, but if that subconscious pattern, that core soundtrack in your mind is saying, "I'm only loved if I do this, or if I say this or I act a certain way, or if I have this," if that core patterning is running in your subconscious mind, it is not going to make a difference. It's not going to change that. Patterning, unless you specifically change it on a subconscious level. That is why we get stuck. That is why we can have a logical thought in our prefrontal cortex and have it not really absorbed because there's some sort of disconnect. The subconscious mind will win every single time there is a logical thought coming. If that subconscious patterning is different, it's going to block it every time again. That is part of just keeping our brain efficient and being safe. Again, so you can see why it's so important to be able to address these broken thought patterns, because we want to be able to get past these things. We want to be able to grow in Christ. We want to be able to believe God's truths about us. It's critical that we do this. I know that it can feel overwhelming. We want to run away. We just, we want to, we hope they just will kind of stop and maybe this will happen or that will happen. There's all kinds of coping mechanisms that we have to, to not face what's going on. But friend, I want to encourage you that if what you're hearing is something that's resonating with you, to really pay attention to the resources I'm gonna be giving at the end of this episode, because this is really going to be something that can help you move forward. And it's something that needs to happen if you wanna have that full life, if you wanna be able to absorb the goodness that God has for you and to be able to be a light for Him in this world, we have to get to the bottom of some of these negative thoughts. All right. So I mentioned the idea of love, I mentioned that a lot of us struggle with feeling loved. There are three key questions that our brain answers in that late childhood, early teen year period. One of them relates to love and there are two others. Now, there are a few other questions that our brain tries to answer during that time, but they are specifically related to identity. These are the ones we're going to talk about. So to be fair and full disclosure, there are others, but we're just talking about these three to keep it clear. And these three questions are, am I worthy? Am I enough? And am I loved? So all of these negative thought patterns that you may be having, these toxic thoughts about not feeling enough, not feeling like you will ever have hope to change, not feeling like that things can get better, all of the things that you can't do something that fear about the future, fear about this, fear about that. What I love to do is to help women figure out how does that relate is how some of these core questions may have been answered for them during that late childhood and early teen year period. Because how that is answered, again, is how our brain is going to respond. That is how we're going to believe until we change that core patterning. And in the Christian Mindset Makeover, we give you lots of different exercises to help you understand that, help you process what could be there, why we have certain fears, why we're struggling with anxiety about certain things. It it, it helps you figure out what some of those are. We talk about some past or present circumstances that may be keeping us reinforced in that attitude of being fearful or having anxiety because these core patterns are in place. So some of those questions that we ask are like, what are some life events that have kept you stuck in fear and kept you from believing in hope? Those are the things that as we boil them down, we may be able to get to those core questions. And the thing is, is we can rewire our brains to believe anything. Of course, we want to rewire them to be in line with God's truth. But what's really important is that when we're doing this rewiring process, that we do our best to get down to the root, the root, 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 root of these soundtracks as much as possible, because that's going to give us the most bang for our buck, right? This is what's going to, free us up in all of these areas. We're not just saying, I'm afraid about this situation or I am not confident in myself in this area or whatever it is. We're not saying those specific situations, they will come up as part of what we do in brain priming. But when we understand that the deeper issue is this area down here versus we're dealing with a high level issue, when we address the deeper level down here, so much of those questions and so much of those other related issues, things that we aren't even aware of, strip away because it's like removing the root of the issue versus dealing with the little leaves that are sticking up above the ground. So that's why it's important to really figure out what those core questions are. Are you overwhelmed with negative thoughts and you have no idea how to get rid of them? It's like, you know what the truth is, but you can't seem to believe it or just to make that inner critic stop. I completely understand. And I want to help you find a way out. I want to give you a free mindset training that will teach you scientific and biblical tools to show you how to manage your thoughts and how to take back control of your emotions. You can take that first step to find freedom. You can find peace. You can truly believe in the good promises God has for you. Go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind right now to get this free training. Now, something that's really important that we have to consider as we look at these core questions is It's not easy to talk about these things. These are difficult, challenging, and can even be anxiety-inducing to think about them on their own, to think about past experiences that have been difficult, to think about the reasons why our brain answered a question, these three questions in a certain way. It's not, I'm not going to pretend to say that's simple and that's easy, but what I do want to say is that it's incredibly important like we said, to understand it so that we can have compassion on ourselves as we process. And that is a huge, huge piece of finding healing in these areas. Our first instinct is to just, when we feel these negative thoughts or have an inner critic show up is to just be like, oh, be quiet. I don't wanna talk about this. You know, go sit down. That's not true. God doesn't believe that about me. And that may be true. (laughs) It may not be true what that lie is saying or those core soundtracks are saying, Yet, what if instead of just telling it to be quiet, we looked at it with care, with curiosity, with compassion, and we said, listen, I want to understand why I'm feeling like this. I am not crazy. There's a reason for this. But having that compassion for ourselves is critical. It's a critical part of understanding these core soundtracks and even being able to approach them is to say, I'm not going to telling ourselves, look, I'm not going to look at them and just try to shut myself down again because that's wrong to think those things, we're gonna allow ourselves not to dwell in that, but to have understanding for why it's there. And when we have that understanding, it makes all of the difference. So that's a critical part of what we need to be able to begin this work. And another critical part is this idea of safety. We need to feel safe. We need to feel safe in sharing these things. And as we just said, it can be very unnerving to look at some things in the past or to think about why we feel a certain way. It takes process, it takes perseverance, and it's vulnerable. So it is amazing that we have a God who sits with us in that, who helps us process, who loves us in the brokenness when we don't have answers, who knows the answer of how we can find healing. We have a God who sits with us in that. He is our refuge. He is our wonderful place that we can go to at any time to find hope and to find healing. So before I read some specific scriptures about God and his ability to be a refuge as we're looking at these these deeper issues and asking ourselves these questions to identify why we're having these toxic thinking patterns, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, do I feel safe with God? Do I feel like I can bring these things before God and ask him the difficult questions? Do I feel like he can hold me through these times as I'm processing? And the church answer, of course, is, well, yes, of course I do. But I'm not asking for the church answer, friend. I'm asking for the real honest answer. The truth is that God is there. But where are you on your side of of the relationship? In any relationship, there's a two-way communication street one person has to feel a certain way and the other person has to feel a, feels a certain way. So if they're not meshing together, there's gonna to be a disconnect and it's not gonna be able to work. So I'm, I'm, God is there, God is there. But are there things that have happened in your life or thoughts that you're worried about or things that you're, you know, maybe God doesn't feel trustworthy. What are the things that may be getting in the way of making you feel safe to bring these things to God? And that's something that we can't just, you know, snap fix. That takes some soul searching on its own to figure out. But as you do that, now, as you ask yourself these questions, I want you just to hear the promises of who God is when we think of him as a safe place, as a refuge. I'm just going to read, I have six scriptures here about reminding us of this refuge, this concept of God as our refuge. This is important, again, because it helps us to be able to go to these places. And it's something that we develop and we, we go deeper in during difficult times, we see God show up in a real way. And through our daily connection with him, through our daily laying down and surrendering with him, are we able to get to this? So here's some of the scriptures that I am encouraged by when I think of God as a refuge. Psalm 62, 8 says, Oh, my people trust in him at all times, pour out your heart to him for God is our refuge. Psalm ninety-nine. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. I love that this verse specifically talks about God as a shelter for the oppressed. We all go through things that honestly aren't fair, don't feel fair, aren't right, and feel very heavy and difficult. And it can even feel like oppression, difficult things. And yet, this is what God says he is. He is a shelter, not for those who are high and mighty but for those who have suffered, for those who are oppressed. He's a refuge in times of trouble. And like we just read in Psalm 62, 8, pour out your heart to him. God is waiting for us to just pour out our hearts. Psalm 34, says, but the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. This is an amazing verse. I want you to hear that last phrase. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. So friend, you don't have to worry that if you come to him with these thoughts and and all the things going on that you're like, God's going to be mad at me. He's going to hate me. He's not going to want to talk to me. That's not God. God is not a condemning God. God offers conviction, meaning he wants to encourage us and teach us to live differently so that we can obey him, so that we can live and have the abundant life that he's calling us to. But he never will condemn us, condemning in the way of making us feel worthless. Like we have no hope that we can't change. No, no, that is not our God. Our God is one who sits with us in our mess and says, I understand. And let me show you a different way. So he is not someone who will condemn us in that refuge place. I also love this one. Psalm one eighteen nine. nine, it says it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Interesting, right? I think when I hear that, I have some really amazing people that God has given me in my life that I trust implicitly. My husband, some close friends, some family members. I want to share with them. And I'm not saying, I don't believe God's saying we shouldn't share with them, but taking refuge, taking refuge is something completely different. Choosing to say, I'm going to be my most vulnerable. I'm going to hide here and let the storm pass so that you can protect me through it so that I can really go deep and and get to what I need to. You're going to be my refuge through this, God. That is something that only our Heavenly Father can offer. That's not something that a human can offer. So it's important for us to understand that the refuge that we have in God is different than the one we have in humans and that humans will fail us. Humans can fail us, even the best of us. So God is a God whose promises never fail. So we can trust in him in a different way as our refuge. And then one last verse, Psalm 91, verse two, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. I don't think it's possible to create that kind of safety and refuge in God without having a daily, true confession, connection, receiving, surrendering kind of relationship with God. We're not going to build trust unless we are willing to be vulnerable and willing to trust him back. I mean, this is part of growing in God is there, is there is that risk of, well, what if I trust him and it doesn't work out the way I think it will? Well, we can know that it won't, it may not work out the way we think it will, but it will work out the way he thinks it will. And it'll be better than what our plan is. So this trust is built in everyday actions, and it's in letting him speak to us and letting him encourage us to step out on the water during those times when life is a little bit uncertain and scary. So I just, again, that's a great first step is asking ourselves about safety. What can we do to make sure that we feel safe with God and to build that sense of safety and trust in him as our refuge as we're doing this and looking at the deeper issues? That's what I would encourage you to do. So just to leave you with two questions to consider. First, based on what you know about your past and present circumstances, how might your brain be answering those three core questions we talked about around identity? Am I worthy? Am I loved? And am I enough? How might your brain be answering those? And how might that relate to what you're thinking and struggling with, with some of these ongoing negative thoughts? And the second question is, what is a promise of God that you can use as a refuge or a place of safety as you process some of these core soundtracks? What are the things that you can remember about who he is and how that can be a covering over you as you go to this place and and work through some of these deeper things. If learning about this is interesting to you, friend, I strongly encourage you to check out the Christian Mindset Makeover. This is an amazing course with nine different modules that we give you about 12 weeks of live support with me to work through, but you have forever access to all of the materials. And This is a time for you to really take some of the resources, the materials that we use to to dig deeper into what some of these soundtracks might be, and to figure out what those are, to figure out how your brain has answered these core questions, and then to figure out what it needs moving forward to find healing, to, to be lined up in these subconscious ways with what God's promises are. That's what we use brain priming for. And then we talk about in the last part of the course, how to create Positive mindsets that support this new brain priming, this new thought process that you're creating that is in line with God's truth. So it's a very comprehensive, powerful teaching time that, again, leads you through the thought transformation method. There's so many great things in there, and I encourage you to check it out. We may or may not be open at the time of when you're listening to this episode. So check it out and see if we're open. You can find out at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mindset dash makeover. And if we aren't open, you can register for a free training to learn more about this stuff. And you will also then be on the list to learn more about the Christian Mindset Makeover when it does open. So thank you again. I pray that this was encouraging to you and I look forward to sharing with you more next week. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Please go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes and information on all the resources for today's episode. And if you love this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review in your favorite podcast player. I look forward to seeing you back here for next week's episode.